Live from our nation's capital, it's the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. Good afternoon, America. Welcome to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine, and I'm going postal. That's right. I am going to defend the post office. Now, you wouldn't think the post office would need defending. More than 90% of Americans trust the post office. It's something that you would think that Republicans and Democrats, young and old, agree on. It's only been around for, oh, 240 years or so. It's in the United States Constitution. In fact, it's the only government business, I believe, mentioned expressly in the United States Constitution. And it's been doing elections by mail since the Civil War. That's right. Uh, More than 150 years ago, soldiers on the front in the Civil War voted by mail. But the president is determined to put a stop. Voting, I mean. He doesn't want people to vote. Studies have shown, statistics have shown, that because Democrats believe in truth and Republicans are very resistant to science, that Democrats are taking far more precautions against COVID-19 than Republicans. Democrats are more likely to wear masks, practice social distancing, not attend crowded indoor places. Republicans, like a lot of them maybe in Sturgis, South Dakota, uh, think they're immune to death. And in fact, I've played for you some of the really sad misses, uh, missives of people on Facebook, videos, saying, you know, I said don't wear a mask. I said COVID-19 didn't exist. I was wrong. Cough, cough. And the person dies a few days later. You need look no further than Herman Cain, who made the life-threatening and ultimately deathly decision, lethal decision, to attend Donald Trump's Oklahoma rally, the one that everyone told him not to have. Well, it was sparsely attended, and that's good because the 6,000 or so who attended out of the uh, 20-some-odd thousand seats, whatever it was, are now dying, many of them. Herman Cain is dead. He's dead because he believed Republican lies. Republicanism is fatal to your health. 166,000 Americans are dead so far from COVID-19. We are losing 1,500 people a day. The highest, by the way, ever. Now, that's not true in the rest of the world. Remember when we laughed? Well, laughed is a strong word. Let's just say we pitied Italy and Spain because they were having spikes because they were having a total of 10,000 deaths over a period of a month? Yeah, well, we're doing that in more than a week. Yeah, shame on you, Italy. Who do you think? Who do you think can do more incompetent government? You think you're good at that, Italy, just because you have several governments in a year and just because um, you have, I don't know, porn stars run for office and win? Yeah, we can beat you, Italy. We can be more dysfunctional. We can kill far more Americans than you can kill. 
we can give you vastly more incompetent government. That's indeed the Republican promise, right? Republicans do not believe government can work, and they're determined to prove it. And they're determined to prove it by running this country into the ground and killing innocent Americans. And you want to know where the lion's share of those Americans are coming from right now? Red states, red areas of states, Republican areas, conservative areas, rural areas. You understand why the city has got it at first. That's because, well, cities are more cosmopolitan. People travel abroad. We didn't really know what we were facing back in February and March. So, yeah, the pandemic was bad at first in places like New York. Not now. No, now it's bad in Texas and Florida and Sturgis, South Dakota and Oklahoma. But interestingly, because Democrats accept truth, accept science, accept reality, accept the fact that, yes, there are viruses out there and they can kill you. What we find is that in the primaries that have occurred since March, all you have to do is look at the Democratic primaries and the Republican primaries. Democrats are smartly voting ahead of time. Democrats are more likely, some two thirds are voting absentee, voting by mail. By the way, if you, there are different ways to do this. We're going to get into this. You don't have to actually cast your absentee ballot by mail. In most states, I know in my home state of Virginia, you can simply bring your ballot into the registrar's office so that you know it's been received. That's actually what I'm going to do. So there's all kinds of ways to do it. But Democrats are largely voting ahead of Election Day. Republicans, believing that they won't die because they, I don't know, maybe they think if they believe in... Um, they drink the Kool-Aid of whatever their particular uh, political leader or, or religious leader is telling them. They're invulnerable to death. I heard that, by the way. Did you hear that? Did you, do, you, do you remember those people going to that megachurch early on and the reporter there is wearing a mask and asking them, you know, why are you here today? And aren't you worried about catching this disease? And everyone said, no, no, God will save me. Yeah, God doesn't save you when you're stupid. If you're so stupid that you jump off a building thinking God will save you before you hit the bottom, I'm sorry, the laws of gravity will probably win that one. Okay, almost certainly win that one. The same is true with COVID. Now, I admit it's more like Russian roulette than jumping off a building. It's not a 100% death sentence. It's more like sticking a gun to your head and hoping that the uh, bullet is not in one of the six chambers that you use to shoot your skull. But why are you playing this game? In any event, because Republicans don't trust truth, don't trust science. We've talked about this in the past. We'll talk more about how this came to be about because Republicans obviously used to be a very respected grand old party. The party of Lincoln, the party of Theodore Roosevelt, the party of Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yeah, well, now they're the party of conspiracy theorists and know-nothings, people who hate intelligence, literally hate the university, believe that knowledge is a bad thing, like the know-nothings of the 1840s. Um, worse, in fact, because the know-nothings called themselves know-nothings because it was a secret society, and they really meant that they were, when asked about the know-nothing party, they were supposed to say, I know nothing. But... Today, Republicans have done them one better. They're actually praising the lack of knowledge. They're praising the lack of science. But because of all this, 
People in red states tend to vote more often on election day. They think that they're immune to the virus because Donald Trump told them it would go away and played it down. And they, I guess, just don't believe the 166,000 Americans that are dead. They should believe it soon, though, because if they haven't had a cousin or a relative or a friend die, they will soon. But in any event, because Republicans are more often to show at the polls and Democrats are more likely to use mail-in voting, Donald Trump has decided to declare mail-in voting, which again has existed since the Civil War, suddenly to be awful. Now, a whole bunch of Western states, that's all they do. That's their system. California, Oregon, Washington, and even that liberal state called Utah, okay, not very liberal state, have entirely mail-in voting. Colorado does. And they've been doing it for several election cycles. And no one, Democrat or Republican, accused them of fraud. And the reason is quite clear. Uh, it's not like filling out a lottery ticket, right? You got your name. You got your social security number. You sign under penalty of perjury. In Virginia, you have to be witnessed. You have to have witnesses sign. Not only could you go to jail if you did the wrong thing, but you have to have a witness that would also go to jail if you, what, voted twice? You can't vote twice. When you vote once, they mark your name off. If they get two ballots with your name on it, not only is neither ballot counted, but you're about to go to jail for a very serious felony. So I'm not sure how mail voting is in danger. But after the break, what's fascinating about this is even though experts agree, Republican and Democratic, remember Utah is hardly a liberal state, that mail-in voting is a perfectly normal way to vote. It has safeguards just like in-person voting does. That Donald Trump realizes or has been told what is true, which is that Democrats are more likely to use mail-in voting than Republicans. And so his response, his response is shut down the mail, end the post office, make it impossible for the post office to get your ballots on time. And he's also working in the states to make sure that any ballots received after the election aren't counted. There's nothing Republicans hate more than democracy, and it's understandable why. It's because they know that the vast majority of the American people oppose them running America into the ground. So they could either change their policy and do things to actually help Americans rather than destroy us, or they could just end free elections. Donald Trump has made his choice. He's gonna work to end free elections, and I'll show you how right after this. And now, the voice of reason in an unreasonable world, Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I am your host, Mark Levine. For the break, I explained why the president doesn't want mail-in voting. Obviously, that has nothing to do with fraud. Republicans and Democrats have used mail-in voting. Well, since Abraham Lincoln started it uh, for Union soldiers in the Civil War. So, yeah, that Nudnik, uh, Abraham Lincoln, what did he know? What did he know? Well, no one actually complained about mail-in voting from the 1860s until... Donald Trump. Why is he complaining? Interestingly, uh, prior to the pandemic, actually, Republicans tended to use mail-in voting a little bit more often than Democrats did. Did you know that? Uh, just because Republicans tended to be older voters 
And older voters tended to use mail-in voting more than younger voters. Um, and you never saw Democrats try to stop mail-in voting. But now, as I pointed out before the break, because Democrats respect the fact that the virus will kill you, respect the fact that this is very dangerous, that 166,000 Americans are dead. And by the way, by the fall, it will almost certainly be over 200,000. It may get close to 250,000 or worse. Quarter of a million people. More people have died unnecessarily in the first six months of 2020 than any six months in American history. You think you're having a bad year? You are. Yeah, you can pick any six months you want. World War II, Civil War. We're going back to rival the great pandemic of 1918. But I think we're going to have more deaths than even in that six-month period. And we know a lot more about medicine now. To be fair, South Korea had its share of deaths this week. This week, we had about 10,000 deaths. And South Korea had 23 and they are a sixth of our population. So I'm not saying we can prevent all deaths. I'm just saying we can prevent 99.99% of them. In any event, because Democrats recognize that the threat of death is real and that death is a bad thing, most of them are not going to the polls. We are voting absentee mail-in ballots in record numbers. Republicans, more of them, are going to the polls. Now, to be clear, there are Democrats that go to the polls, there are Republicans that vote by mail. But if you look at the mix of voters, you'll find that on average, more Democrats are voting absentee than in person, and more Republicans are voting in person than absentee. Cue in Donald Trump. If he can only shut down the American post office, which has existed for 240 years, he can actually stop mail-in voting. So before, when it's a choice between running an institution that has worked for 240 years or shutting it down to attempt a coup to end an election to steal the presidency, which choice do you think Donald Trump would make? The Democrats, to their credit, as part of the coronavirus stimulus package, have insisted that a fair election be among that package, that voting by mail be part of that, that we fund the post office enough to pay for these ballots. And I personally called my representatives, and you should too, and insisted that there be no coronavirus deal without the promise of fair elections. As much as I think everyone needs $600 a week who's in need, people are starving, they're being evicted, the idea that we're going to end American democracy in order to get this money a little bit sooner, yeah, that doesn't appeal to me. American democracy is too important. But when Maria Bartiromo of Fox News, Maria Bartiromo, who asked Donald Trump, what is the sticking point in the negotiations on this vital coronavirus bill when so many Americans are suffering, so many are out of work, so many are in need of health care, Donald Trump makes clear, what's his real problem? His real problem is democracy. And what specifically are they pushing for that is causing this breakdown in any deals? Nancy Pelosi said that the Democrats 
want to, and the White House are still miles apart on, on stimulus. Well, they're right, and it's their fault. They want three and a half billion dollars for something that'll turn out to be fraudulent. That's election money, basically. They want three and a half trillion, uh, billion dollars. Wait, just stop for a second. Election money. Yeah, they want money for elections. Who are these Democrats that believe in democracy? Who, who, who are these Democrats that think that the Americans should have a right to vote? Think about what he's saying. Yeah, in a $3 trillion package, we want to give a thousandth of the money so that there's money for elections. And Donald Trump just doesn't believe in elections. I guess in that respect, he's very similar to Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un. But, but he goes on. For the mail-in votes, okay, universal mail-in ballots. Three and a half they want $25 billion, billion for the post office. Now, they need that money in order to have the post office work so it can take all of these millions and millions of ballots. Now, in the meantime, they aren't getting there. By the way, those are just two items. But if they don't get those two items, that means you can't have universal mail-in voting because they're not equipped to have it. And you. So has the president ever put something so easily on the table, so naturally, so honestly? Donald Trump is very clear. Democrats are insisting on fair elections. Uh, it's a small portion of the budget. It's one thousandth of the budget. And they want fair elections. And they want universal mail-in voting. And they can't have it without this money. And I'm refusing it because I don't believe in fair elections. And likely his people have told him that there are Democrats that um, in general, if they don't have to, won't risk their lives to go to vote. They'll want to vote by mail. We may have to risk our lives, my friends, but I'll get to that at the end of the broadcast. Let's hear more what he has to say. Yeah, how bad it's been with this Carolyn Maloney scam. She scammed her way into an election. She probably lost, but they said, Mail-in ballots, it's all mixed up. Patterson, New Jersey, same thing. Yesterday, Virginia, 500,000 applications for ballots got sent to everybody. Nobody even knows. Got sent to dogs, got sent to dead people. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Lots on back there. So Maloney, Patterson, his complaint is that when the initial returns come in, the people at the polls are more likely to be Republicans, so Republicans do well, and then they count all the mail-in ballots, and because more Democrats are voting mail-in, the proper winner is held. Okay. No evidence of them going to dogs. In fact, interestingly on that, there was a guy, a Republican, who wanted to prove that you could send a ballot to a dog. So he filled out a ballot in his dog's name and he sent it in. The authorities, I believe this is in California, but I'll double check that because I did read this story, uh, returned uh, a letter to him telling him that they've referred the matter over to the California district attorney for prosecution. And while they won't recommend pressing charges to put the man in jail for several years because they understand that he was trying to test the system, if he does it again, they will seek to prosecute. So not only was no ballot sent, the experiment was tried. It failed and only due to the decency and kindness of the election officials. And I don't know they should have been so kind. I think they maybe should have thrown him in jail, but whatever. They did. They said, you get one free pass. If you try to do it again, you're going to jail. The only one who's lying about it, of course, is Donald Trump. 
When we come back in the next segment, I want you to hear Maria Bartiromo push back against Donald Trump and insist that America doesn't need free elections. Believe it or not, she says that right after this. Back to the aggressive progressive, Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I'm your host, Mark Levine. It has been widely reported in the Washington Post, on the Hill, on CNN, and everywhere that Donald Trump is threatening to end mail-in elections, to defund the post office in order to keep people from voting this fall. And because that's a really extreme charge, I didn't actually want to go to the source. I generally trust the Washington Post, sure, and, and uh, um, The Hill and, and CNN. But the source, ironically, was Fox Business News. The source, because Donald Trump doesn't like to go very much on channels that uh, challenge him, he went to the friendliest host he could find, Maria Bartiromo of not just Fox News, but Fox Business News. And it's, it's, it's hard to imagine a source more toady-like to Donald Trump than Fox News, but Fox Business is there for you. And she says, hey, what's the sticking point? What's the problem? And Donald Trump mentions one and only one problem he has with a $3 trillion bill. And that's that one thousandth, he's 0.1% of the funding, 0.1%. 99.9% he doesn't complain about, but 0.1% is going to election law, to election funding, specifically to the post office. The post office in order to deliver mail-in ballots in time. Now, if you don't know, uh, there is a new postmaster general, uh, and that postmaster general uh, named LaJoy, not much joy for uh, postmaster general LaJoy, but um, Louis DeJoy is not only a massive Republican donor, he also owns tens of millions of dollars in rival delivery services. That's right. The man owns parts of UPS and FedEx. So he doesn't really mind killing the post office. In fact, he enriches himself from that. And if you say to yourself, well, Mark, that can't be. That's a clear conflict of interest. That's clearly illegal. <laughs> you don't understand today's Republican Party. They don't mind if you steal taxpayer dollars and stick it in your pocket. They're fine with that. Now, to be fair, they don't want someone struggling to pay the rent to get another $100 or so to feed their children to eat. They let the poor kids die. But if you you know, are a billionaire and you want to stuff $50 million in taxpayer money in your pocket just by killing the post office, yeah, they're fine with that. And that's what Louis DeJoy, our new postmaster general, wants to do. So he's setting up ways to reduce service, right? That's what we need. God, there's nothing America more needs more than reduced service, reduced mail service, particularly around the time of an election. So Trump mentions this. He says this is the only problem with the election. Uh, you know, they want this money for the post office so they can have fair mail-in elections. And Maria Bartiromo, she gets Donald. She's incensed on his behalf. And I was about to play the clip again, but Fox Business wants me to play this commercial. So I'm going to play the damn commercial for five seconds, and then I'll play the clip again. 
Let me get it set up again. All right, all right. We'll turn down the, the commercial so you don't have to hear it. Whatever, it's some clicking. It doesn't really matter. All right, commercial over. Boom, I'll go right back to where right I now. was. The president of the it's United amazing they do that, even though I, was, I just paused it for uh, four minutes. But all right, here we go. Here's where we were. The dead people. Nobody has no idea what happened. They said, oh, we made a mistake. I'm sorry. 500,000 ballots sent in Virginia. How do you feel about Virginia? No, wait a minute. How do I feel about Virginia? I'm a state delegate from Virginia. I proudly represent the people of Arlington, Alexandria, and Fairfax in Virginia. How do I feel about Virginia? I think 500,000 ballots? That's not enough. There are eight to eight and a half million people in Virginia. That's one sixteenth of us. Eight and a eight and a half million people in a statewide election, we can get five million votes. That's a tenth of the voters. If we have 500,000 mail-in ballots in Virginia, I say that's not enough, people. Get your mail-in ballot today. I have put mine in. I've put mine in. I'm one of those 500,000. That's only a tenth of Virginia voters. Uh, 500,000, how do I feel about that, Donald? I feel it's not enough. And all of us need to work to get our mail-in ballot. Uh, One-tenth is not enough. Going in there and you have 500,000 wow. phony ballot applications. And you call my, my ballot application phony, Donald? How do you know? This is all over. So I can this give is you what's holding it up? They want... No, no, no. So that's Mr. only President, one aspect of it. This is what's holding it. up money for the American people. They want mail-in votings and, and they want money for the post office. This is one of the sticking points that's holding back stimulus for Americans during this coronavirus. The oh, yeah, Democrats that's one wanting of them. money that's, for the post office for mail-in voting. So, so, so you hear how incensed she is? Wait, wait. The Democrats are saying, this is Maria Broderoma, the Democrats are saying that if you don't allow people to vote in an American election... You won't get your stimulus package? Yeah, that's what the Democrats are saying. You can hear how angry she is. How dare the Democrats insist on democracy? What do you think America is? Some kind of republic? Some kind of government of the people, by the people, and for the people? Some kind of government where we, the people, are in charge? How dare they think that? Don't they know international corporations are in charge? Don't they know that when Donald Trump gave a two and a half trillion dollar taxes. A lot of it went to foreign corporations. That's what matters. We have to make sure that Saudi sheiks get more money. That's more important than letting Americans vote. It's not like American democracy matters, she's saying. We don't give a damn about democracy. Take your coup, stay in power forever, ignore American democracy. It doesn't matter. Listen to how angry she is. How angry she is that Democrats would insist on democracy. <sighs> I'm sorry, Maria. I'm sorry you live in a republic. And if you don't like the republic, I assure you there are many dictatorships you can move to. And I hope you do soon. But we'll go on with the interview. That's right. How would you like to have, Maria, how would you like to have three and a half billion dollars, billion, for mail-in voting, billion? So if you didn't have it, you wouldn't. You, you know how much money that is. Nobody has any idea. You know, people there are three and a half billion. Yeah, you know how much money that is. It's one thousandth of the proposal, which is three and a half trillion dollars. It's one thousandth. It means out of ever nine hundred ninety-nine dollars going to other things, we're leaving one dollar, so that we have a fair election. Yeah, I don't know, Donald. Is democracy in America worth one thousandth of the package? Is it? Is it? I mean, I get it. You hate democracy 99.9% .9 of the time, 
Do you really hate it a hundred percent of the time? They want twenty-five billion dollars for the post office because the post office is going to have to go to town to get these great ridiculous ballots in. You know, there's nothing wrong with getting out and voting. You get out and vote. They voted. There's nothing wrong with getting out and voting. Sure, there's a good chance you're going to die. But you know what? Just die, our president says. I've already killed 166,000 of you. So another 100, 200,000 more will die. It's not like your lives have any meaning. Go ahead and die. And what's interesting is, because the coronavirus doesn't distinguish between Republicans and Democrats, Donald, you're not just killing Democrats out there. Actually, most of us are smart enough to put in our ballots absentee. You're going out and killing Republicans. You're killing more of your people than ours. I know you don't give a damn about Democratic Americans. I know you don't think that liberals have any voice. I know you hate all the blue states, including your own state of New York. I get that. I get that. I know you don't give a damn about blacks or Latinos or women or gay people or, well, just about anyone. But it's your people that are going to die, just like you killed all those people in Oklahoma, including Herman Cain, whose blood is on your hands. Now, I don't love, didn't love Herman Cain. I didn't agree with his politics, but I didn't wish the man dead. I would never have taken actions to kill him like you did. Yeah, what's the harm? What's the harm with in-person voting? Well, that's the harm. Now, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. If you want to go and vote in person and wear a mask and wear gloves and stay six feet distance, God bless you. Good luck to you. I, I know it sort of depends on the state where you are. But if you can go ahead of time, if you can do a mail-in ballot or, and I should say this, lots of states, and, I, and every state's different, but I know in my home state of Virginia, you can actually vote in person without but taking a major risk. And in fact, that's what I plan to do. I have ordered my mail-in ballot, the one that Donald Trump called phony. I'm one of the 500,000 Virginians who did that. But when it comes in, and it comes in in mid-September, I'm going to personally hand it over to my local registrar, just because I don't want it to get lost in the mail. I'm going to hand it over to them personally. I know they've taken tremendous precautions, plexiglass requiring of mask wearing. Uh, they're even, by the way, discarding pens that are used to cast a ballot after each vote. They're discarding the pen. There's hand sanitizer. I'm gonna make sure that my vote is counted. But the way Donald Trump is so blasé with people's lives, so uncaring about the hundreds of thousands of Americans he's killing. And the irony is that's his whole party right now. Anyway, I'll get to the end of it right after the break. He's a Bible-quoting, Constitution-loving, flag-waving, red-blooded, liberal American. He's Mark Levine. Back to the aggressive progressive, Mark Levine. Welcome back to the Inside Scoop. I am your host, Mark Levine. I want to end on a happier note. You know, speaking about Donald Trump all the time... uh, can lead to, well, tremendous stress, heartburn, heartache, depression. Uh, It's interesting. Depression is way up across America uh, due to COVID-19. Of course, in other countries where they've dealt with it responsibly, they're not having anywhere near the death toll or the virus toll that we have had. Um, So this sort of 
depression that is very common now in America is much less common there. But if there is anything to get you out of depression, to get your juices flowing, to get you happy again, it was the wonderful speeches that, by the way, not just Kamala Harris, but Joe Biden gave, I think, the speech of his life, if you saw it yesterday when he announced her as his nominee. But I want to play just sort of some best hits from Kamala Harris's speech. Just a minute to if you didn't, if you missed it, to get a flavor of how good she was and um, well, why I think she's a perfect choice for vice president of the United States. Let's listen in. And I've had a lot of titles over my career and certainly vice president will be great. But Mamala will always be the one that means the most. America is crying out for leadership. Yet we have a president who cares more about himself than the people who elected him. A president who is making every challenge we face even more difficult to solve. We need more than a victory on November 3rd. We need a mandate that proves that the past few years do not represent who we are or who we aspire to be. Joe likes to say that character is on the ballot, and it's true. When he saw what happened in Charlottesville three years ago today, he knew we were in a battle for the soul of our nation. And together with your help, that's a battle we will win. That just gives you a little flavor, talking about being a mom, very sweet, very gentle, very loving. Uh, she also talked very lovingly about uh, Joe Biden's son, Bo Biden, who recently died of a brain in, uh, brain tumor. A wonderful, wonderful attorney general of Delaware who got to know Kamala Harris when she was the attorney general of California and talked very affectionately about Bo Biden and in doing so certainly harkened back to Joe Biden. But we also saw a fighter, a real tough person, someone who you may remember and I remember with great affection in her tearing apart uh, Kavanaugh and Bill Barr, who basically made sure that officials answered her tough questions and they clearly couldn't and showed themselves to be incapable and incompetent for the job. She was very good at that. One of her best lines, which wasn't in this news clip, unfortunately, but one that I really enjoyed, which she pointed out the fantastic economy that President Obama and Vice President Biden bequeathed to Donald Trump. Remember, we were in the greatest recession since the Great Depression. Now, um, that used to be true. It's no longer true because currently in 2020, we're in the greatest recession since the Great Depression. And frankly, at points, it was worse than the Great Depression in terms of the immediate decline. So in 2008, under George W. Bush, that was the worst we had faced. Now under Donald Trump, it's even more bad. But remember that Biden and Obama, of course, pulled us out of that recession to a roaring economy. And Kamala Harris pointed out that Donald Trump inherited that great economy, ran it into the ground with the un worst unemployment again since the, the Great Depression. But as she said, and I wish I had the clip in front of me because she said it so much better than I'm about to, Donald Trump runs into the ground everything he inherits. An obvious reference to the fact that he inherited uh, millions, hundreds of millions from his father and managed to go bankrupt uh, how many times? Four or five times. So she's tough and she's smart and she's competent. And the thing about her is um, 
let's face it, Republicans never like to see a woman or a black person achieve much. And so they're always looking for tokenism. They're always looking to say, oh, well, you chose someone who, who really hadn't achieved much. Kamala Harris won three statewide elections in the largest state in the United States. Some one-seventh of the American people have already voted for her three times, twice as Attorney General of California, once as a California senator. Indeed, Kamala Harris, I'm sure, in one election got more votes than Joe Biden did his entire career until he ran for vice president, just because Delaware is such a tiny state. Delaware being uh, one of the third or fourth smallest state in the United States and California being the largest. So she did it on her own. She won tough elections in the nation's largest state. She's had to have executive responsibility. That's what an attorney general does. They have to design basically an entire state's legal system. She's had legislative responsibility, including oversight, really good, tough oversight I mentioned. But she's also... She's also someone who is a child of immigrants, a child of an Indian mother and her Jamaican father. And while she certainly is black and a graduate of Howard University, uh, the fact that she'll be the first Indian American ever uh, to hold a high elective office, national elective office, will be amazing and good for the Indian American community. What she's shown, what Kamala Harris shows, is that, well, I, what do they say about um, uh, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire? Ginger could do everything Fred could do, but backwards and in heels. Kamala's tough, and she's smart. And most importantly to me, she's got heart. She's got a big progressive heart. And I'll tell you something that I also really like about her. I know that Kamala Harris will tell Joe Biden behind the scenes what she thinks in no uncertain terms. And I want that in a vice president. There were a few times in the Obama administration where I thought, honestly, Obama got it wrong and Biden got it right. I thought that was true, for example, in foreign policy. I also definitely thought it was true when it came to marriage equality, when Joe Biden came to the right conclusion before Barack Obama did. And a good, loyal vice president tells the president behind the scenes her honest, frank opinion. When Joe Biden introduced Kamala Harris, he said that the only thing that Barack Obama told him when he was going to be vice president, Joe Biden, what did he want? And Joe Biden said, here's what I want, Barack. I want that when you're making a tough decision and you've heard from everyone in the room, I want to be the last person in the room you talk to before you make that decision. And Barack said, deal. And now Kamala has been promised the same thing by Joe Biden. Kamala Harris will be the last person in the room Joe Biden talks to. That doesn't mean she'll necessarily get her way. And of course, a good loyal vice president, if you don't get your way, needs to be quiet and serve, barring some catastrophe. But most of these things, they're not a question of values. Kamala Harris shares Joe Biden's values. They're questions of strategies, tactics. There are different ways to, to resolve difficultly tough moral, political, legal, ethical questions. I like that she'll be in the room. And when she's in that last room, she's representing 
people in America who've been, let's face it, treated as second-class citizens for too long. The very people that Donald Trump hates so much, immigrants, black people, women, strong women, intellectuals, smart people, all the people Donald Trump hates, all the people, you know, she's from California, right? She was the district attorney of San Francisco. Kamala Harris represents a progressive voice in the room. Now, I'll be the first to admit she's not as progressive as Bernie Sanders. I'm okay with that. Personally, I'm not as liberal as Bernie Sanders. I'm not a socialist. I believe in a mixture of socialism and capitalism. She can be tough. She was tough. She was former attorney general. She's going to get some pushback from the left for how tough she was. But I think between Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, we are going to get the most progressive ticket that we could get um, and win and beat Donald Trump. I'm proud to have her there. I'm excited to have her there. I'm excited that black women who uh, in the last election voted 94% for Hillary Clinton will get a voice. She will be the first black woman vice president, and I'm confident she will win with your help. But that's not why she's there. That's a part of it. But that's the part that everyone talks about. I want to talk about her intelligence, her grit, and her heart because she's going to be an excellent vice president, just like I think Joe Biden is going to be an excellent president. And unless Donald Trump manages to achieve his coup, they will be. One last word out there, if you're a postal worker or you know of one, I'm gonna ask you, people, loyal people of the post office, if this election comes close, ignore every other piece of mail. Every other one else's mail can be delayed a week, that's fine. You get those election ballots in on time. Do it for your country. This is Mark Levine. Never confuse Mark Levine with right-winger Mark Levin. The second E stands for empathy, which the other Mark lacks.